If you got your Bibles, uh, have them handy. We're going to go to the Word of God. Let me go to the Lord in prayer. It's great to see everybody here this morning. Again, apologize for Wednesday night. We'll be back on track this coming Wednesday night. Uh, we, we, we did not know last Sunday that we were going to have the parking lot redone. We kind of had to do it when we could, and, and uh, so they jumped on it. So I apologize for Wednesday night. We'll get back this Wednesday night, so the meal will be going, and the, uh, the, the classes will be going as well. So uh, get ready for that. Let me go to the Lord in prayer. I'm going to dive off of... Uh, off of the Revelation study, we've been going through the book of Revelation. We've been going through a kind of a broad view of the book of Revelation, but uh, we're going to dive off of today because uh, I, I just feel, uh, to be honest, my heart just, uh, even though we had a, there was such a, an amazing uh, ruling and different things that came down that we see a lot of victory going on in the world, um, my, my heart was really, really kind of uh, broken and saddened at the condition of our nation afterwards. And uh, to be honest, yesterday I was just in a, almost like a day of mourning and just, just depressed over uh, the, the things that I read on social media and just uh, how, how deceived our world is now and how divided. And uh, it, it just, uh, it just it's really sad uh, in a lot of ways. And if you don't see the handwriting on the wall, uh, I don't know what you're doing. Your head's ducked in the sand or, or something, but... Uh, uh, we, 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 need, we need an awakening, we need revival, we need, we need repentance, we need a lot of things to go on. And so I was, through the, not that the Revelation study isn't so vital today for what we're going on and what's going on in the world, we'll get back to that in the next week or two, but uh, I, I was like, God, I, I, this is not a normal Sunday, this can't be business at normal, uh, so uh, we've got to have something to speak to the church when things like this are going on. And so I want to talk to you today about hope in the midst of chaos. Hope in the midst of chaos. And I believe the Lord's got something for us, something good for us today to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we will dive into the Word of God. Father, it is so good to see everyone here, God. I was glad when they said unto me, come let us go into the house of the Lord. And Father, I just pray that you would speak to us today, God. That you would speak to our hearts and fill our lives, God. Uh, I pray that it would be you, God, that I'd speak the very oracles of God today. And Lord, that it would not be Brad, but it would be your words, God. Lord, I just thank you, God, for everybody here. I thank you for the people online. And Father, I just pray that, God, you would awaken your people, the church of Jesus Christ. God, let, let, us, let, us, uh, let us work while it's day, God. The night cometh when no man works. God, help us to be ready. God, we're living in, in, in perilous times, but we're living in great times, God. And we're living in a time where you purposed us to be on this earth at this time. And God, you have a work for us, God, for the church of Jesus Christ. And Lord, you're preparing us, God, uh, for, the, for, for what's happening now and the road ahead. And Father, we're going we're gonna to be, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna be obedient uh, to you. And Lord, we just love you. We, we, we just pray that you fill our hearts with love in such an age where the love of many is waxing cold. God, uh, just, just fill us with your spirit, a mighty outpouring of your spirit in this last hour. Father, and we give you the praise and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hope in the midst of chaos. You know, when we gather now with people, um, it seems like that the conversations after a while, you'll have small talk if you're at a barbecue or you're together now, and all of a sudden the conversations will turn 
at a certain point, and we'll begin to talk about what's going on, Harlan, in the nation, right? I mean, that's just where things begin to turn, and it usually it turns to something like, now I can't believe what's happening in our nation right now. I can't believe what's happening in our world, and, and, and people are overwhelmed. It's like something, something happened after COVID. It's like there's been a shift, or there's like a, uh, an absolute something has shifted in the, in the heavenlies, in the spiritual realm now. I, I don't know if you can feel it, but I can definitely feel it. It's as though, uh, some, and that's what I'm talking about with these conversations. It's like strongholds that we battled before are like on steroids now. It's like things that we used to see, like ads for sexuality. It's like they have just like a bomb went off and you can't even go to your bank account without being bombarded with images uh, of half-naked women and, 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 and things are such like, and all of these things. It's like, just like the, the strongholds that are, are going on, like the pressure on marriages, the pressure on, on, on minds, the oppression that has come uh, after the last couple of years. It's just immense. And, and, and there's just a flood in our neighborhoods and in our world and in our mind and, and in every sphere of society now. It, it's, it, and I know it was there before COVID, but it's like it's like 10 times worse now. It's like the pressure of everything is just that's why half the that's why there's empty pews in here because half of the people didn't return after COVID. You talk about oppression coming down on people. They didn't go back to church and they they've just decided God's not in the cards for them. It's not worth continuing on the journey. And we're seeing all sorts of of a pressure. The sexuality. It's like the political discourse just like went into a oblivion, and we've got just political discourse like on stage. Steroids now, the political divide, the political arguments, the, the division now in our nation, the animosity. And, and it was all there, but it's like something happened now. And, 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 and it's like you ask the question, what in the world went on? What in the world is going on? What, what, what is happening? It feels like whatever was restraining everything before has su suddenly moved out of the way and now the pressure is even more immense. The mental hell, the, 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 the up and down in my moods, the, 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 the desire to even read the word or pray or get up and get dressed and go to church, even to go out of the house uh, or to do something. And it's like that. How did we go from sanity to insanity so quickly? How did all the, how did the oppression around us begin to feel it's so, so much more immense? Well, I'm going to give you the answer today to that. And if you got your Bibles, go to Romans 1. And I'm going to give you the answer to why this is taking place and what is happening. And if you got your Bibles, I'm going to read up here so that I kind of slow down because I, I get, I get, me and uh, I get excited and I get uh, passionate and I, I want you to really get some of these things. So let me read this because I want you to read it slow and I really want you to get it. I want you to find out here why some things are going on in our world and why there's hope in the midst of chaos. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. 
Go to the next passage. For his invisible attributes, namely attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. The things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, speaking about our nation, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Go to the next passage. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And we got a nation of fools now. And exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man. You ought to circle that. And birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. We know better. Than what your word says. I can decide for myself what is right and wrong. Who cares what God says about abortion or homosexuality? Who cares what God says about marriage? And uh, who cares what God, because I can decide for myself. What is it about? This scripture is ancient, archaic. I'm not listening to it anymore. We've arrived at a level where we're smarter than God. It doesn't matter what the Democrat or the Republican thinks. What does God have to say about this? But see, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, well, he understands, right? And worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forevermore, amen, for this reason. God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since since they did not see fit to acknowledge what God has to say, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness. See if the wrath of God has not come down upon us. And this is what happens. Filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, Malice, full of envy, full of murder, full of strife, full of deceit, full of maliciousness. They are gossips, they are slanderers, they are haters of God. They hate God restricts what they want to do. You ain't going to tell me what to do. Nobody tells me what to do, right? Yeah, that's, that's us. We're under the wrath of God. Insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Have you ever seen such ruthless people in all your life? Have you ever seen such vileness in all your life? Just turn your TV on today and you'll see it. Have you ever seen a nation in such shambles? 
and in such trouble. Romans begins, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven. And it's saying, this is what wrath looks like. This is what wrath looks like. And he goes on to describe what it looks like. It looks like God giving people over to covetousness and self-centeredness. Welcome to America. It looks like people, God giving them over to greed and the pursuit of power at all cost. The wrath of God being poured out upon a group of people looks like giving them over to lawlessness where they are disobedient to parents and all of the rulers and the, the rules and the boundaries that God created in society and they are pushing past it regardless of what God says or anybody else says. What the wrath of God looks like is when He gives a people over to ruthlessness and they don't see what is happening and don't you see what is happening in our cities and in our streets right now. He gives us over to ruthlessness and to the lust of our own heart. And they actually praise young people. They don't do it. Oh, I would never do that, but you have a right. Bravo for being out there saying those things. You don't do them, but you champion them and you take pleasure in what they're doing. Because I see your social media accounts and they're appalling. Oh, I would never do that, but they deserve to be able to sin and do whatever they want to do. And I, I glory, hallelujah, do it. It's called the wrath of God. It's called a nation and a people under the wrath of God. No regard for what God's Word says. And the Bible says God gave them up. Let me show you what Martin Lloyd-Jones, one of the great minds, one of the great theologians of our time. Read this. I want to read it slow again. This was his commentary on the book of Romans. If you ever want a good commentary on the book of Romans... In other words, what we have here is an account of God's judicial abandonment of man in sin. And you notice that He even abandoned them in their minds, which is the most terrifying and terrible thing of all. Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, in their great brains that they were so proud of. God gave them over to a reprobate mind, a rejected mind, a foolish mind, a mind that is fooling itself constantly. And going round and round in circles and which has really lost its power of apprehending truth. Go to the next one. God has abandoned them to that. So that the tragedy of man in the world is not only that he is debased in his conduct, he is debased in his mind. He cannot think straight. 
That is why he tries to justify all these vile things and tries to explain them in terms of biology or psychology and so on. And to say, you know, this is not sin. This is really something medical and perhaps not even that. Isn't everything now a disease? Alcoholism turned from being a sin to now God, somebody sneezed and you caught a disease. Perhaps after all, it is really the height of beauty. This is not sin. This is really something medical. And perhaps even that, perhaps after all, it's the really height of beauty. Reprobate mind. And when a man's mind has become reprobate, there's no hope for him. There is nothing to appeal to him. Can I show you a picture to prove my point in Martin Lloyd-Jones? No, you're laughing. It's really not funny. This is the new Apple emoji. And the sad part is we have fools. People who don't believe in God and minds that are so reprobate, they think a man can actually get pregnant now. Do you see how God turns people over? Do you see how debased? Get it off of there. I don't even want to see it anymore. But that's how debased that you can get. And God gave them over so that they cannot think logically. And we're in a nation and a people that cannot think logically. They cannot think logically anymore. And the Bible says they can't reason. They lose the ability to apprehend truth. Folks, that's scary. That's why you can cast this before people and you're casting it before swine because their minds are fried. Jones goes on to say, God withdraws his restraining grace and all the foulness and the vileness that is in man as the result of sin is given. Free scope. Have at it, America. Burn your streets down. Do whatever you want. Murder and kill. It's what you want. It is let loose and the world becomes a kind of living hell. I don't know about you, but I feel every day like I've woke up in a hell. And you ain't seen nothing yet because the vileness against Christianity that is exploding right now is about to get so much even worse. I'm praying this morning that there are not churches that are ransacked this morning because of things that just went down in the nation. And on Monday when we open up businesses, what we are seeing throughout our nation is Romans chapter 1 is God withdrawing His restraining hand in judgment. He is giving our country over to a depraved mind to lust and to dishonorable passions. How did we go from the gospel of health, wealth, and prosperity (laughs) to this? Well, God's been warning for decades, and I think one of the biggest warnings was 9-11, where God was trying to get this country's attention. He was trying to get this nation's attention. He was trying to get a hold of us. And he was warning of the coming destruction that was coming. He was warning each step of the way. If you don't wake up, America, if you don't wake up, 
I know what's coming down the pipe. I know what's about to happen. And we thought, hey, I always thought, and you probably did too, it's going to be something huge that's going to come like a nuclear explosion. Well, well, hey, who knows what the future holds. But who would have thought that it would have been like this, that we would be given over to our own sin and we would be given over to our own selves and our own debasement until the oppression and the craziness that we see around us would be like it is today. Romans 1 is not the only thing that God is doing in our society right now. Thank God. I put the title hope in the midst of chaos. So you say, boy, you're bringing a lot of hope so far. No, no, let me paint the picture. That's one part of the judgment that is going on in the world today. But there is a hope to all of this. And that is not the only thing that God is doing. In is a, the wrath being coming down and turning us over to these things. But there's something else that He's doing. And one way we can know what He's doing is by looking into the Old Testament. Because the Bible says in Genesis that it begins to tell us that, that in Genesis 15 4 that these stories that were before time were for our learning they're for us to learn they're for us to look at and to find out hey Israel one time left God Israel one time went under judgment what happened to them did he abandon them did he turn them over and never help them again what happened so we can go into the scriptures today and we can find out and learn how God works in the midst of these times and one great place is to look at Israel who came under fire Five judgments, five different captivities because of their sin and disobedience. And here's those five. First of all, the Assyrian captivity. Second of all, the Babylonian captivity. Thirdly, the Medes and the Persians or the Medo-Persian Empire. Fourth, Greece. And fifth, Rome. Those were five captivities that Israel came upon and they were led into captivity because of their sin and because of their disobedience. In 722, the B.C., Assyria conquered the northern kingdom, the Bible tells us, and and history tells us, and they took control uh, of the northern kingdom and they led them into captivity. Well, later on, to make a long story short, you can go learn from history that, but Babylon rises up and they defeat Assyria, the Bible tells us, and they took the southern kingdom as well. And what they did with the southern kingdom and and Judea, because they now have the southern kingdom, which encompassed Jerusalem, they went in and they tore down the walls of Jerusalem and they burned the temple. And so now something else has taken place and they begin to lead captivity again and they take them out into captivity. Well, later the Medes and the Persians rise up and they defeat Babylon, the Bible tells them, us, and they begin to shift the people of God around uh, into different provinces. They begin to move to different provinces and different areas. And so after these diaspora is a nice fancy biblical word, the diaspora, the dispersing when they go into the other parts of the land, here's something very interesting that begins to happen. Because remember, we're talking about judgment, we're talking about captivity, but we're talking about God doing something else in the midst of that at the same time. And all of a sudden, these people began to get together, these Jewish people, and they began to say, we don't have a temple anymore, so we're going to start building houses of worship. And about this time, they begin to build what 
what's called synagogues. And they begin to play synagogues in all of these provinces so they can meet together, so they can come together, so they can remember their festivals and they can remember who they are and what they are. And so it's amazing what they begin to do. Well, all of a sudden later, Greece rises up. And you know who ruled Greece. Come on, young, young folks, you studied him. Alexander the Great, the Great One. And by 30 or 33, this man had conquered all the known world at that time. There was nothing left to do. I've conquered the world and there's nothing left to do. Amen? Well, Alexander the Great did something very interesting. He Hellenized everybody. And what that means is he, he imposed the Greek culture and the Greek language down on all the known world at that particular time. Remember, I'm showing you something that in the midst of judgment, not only is this harsh thing coming down on us, but God's working in the midst of this thing. God is aligning things. God is planning things. God is moving in things. Synagogues are being built. Now, now all of a sudden the Hellenization of the world is happening and all the languages are coming together and all the culture is coming together. Well then, about that time comes Rome and Rome rises up and you know the powerful mighty Rome that's there and all of a sudden what do they do? They begin to make roads. All roads lead where? to Rome. They built a wonderful road system. So here's the beauty of all of this. That at the fullness of time, when everything was just right, when all the languages were brought together, when all these synagogues where a man could go in and take Isaiah and unroll the scroll, when all of a sudden all these things are in place and the roads are there so that they could travel and take the gospel at just the right time Jesus Christ comes. And that's what we see happening in this judgment is God is shaking up things and God is aligning things to His purposes and to His plan that at just the right time, He's coming on the scene with the gospel of Jesus Christ and now at a time now where the gospel can get on these Roman roads where the gospel can come and people can hear it because they all have Hellenized and He knows exactly what He's doing through these judgments and how He's working through these judgments and I got good news for you today, Brooke. Side Church of God and America, He's doing the same thing today through judgment. He's working again. His plan is coming together. He, he, every judgment is redemptive in nature. It always is leading to redemption. That was leading them to redemption. This now is leading to redemption. And that brings me, he's setting things up. That set them up for the Messiah and the coming of Messiah. That set up our salvation, which we revel in and which we rest in today. Well, I got news. This is lining up something else too. And it's Joel 2, 20, 28, uh, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You say, that was Pentecost. I say, yes, it was Pentecost but it's still going on today and I'm telling you God is in the works of doing something great listen to me and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions even on my male and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit at the day of Pentecost this dispensation came and folks 
folks, I refuse to believe that God's Spirit is going to go out of this world puffing and smoking in the last days. I believe He's going to be fully at work in the midst of all this judgment, in the midst of this chaos, in the midst of everything that is going on. He is preparing a people for a Joel 2 outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. He's setting up the world through judgment and giving, while he's giving people over to a reprobate mind, he's letting them taste the consequences of all their own sin and everything that we've done in hopes, in hopes that it will humble us, in hopes that it will cause us to turn back to him, in hopes that an awakening can occur, occur for just a moment and people will wake up out of their apathy, that people will wake up out of their lethargy, that people will wake up out of their lukewarmness, that people will wake up out of their reprobation and that they'll come to have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit just like on the day of Pentecost. Amen. That this wrath will somehow put in humility back into our hearts. Dear God, get some humility. We're so full of pride. You in this room, this guy, we're full of ourselves. We are so full of pride. Half of us, all we want to do is argue Scripture and prove that we know better than somebody else. No love whatsoever. We're Americans. We do it bigger. We do it better. We're smarter. We're and we're not. And he hopes that we'll be humbled. Humbled. And listen, for all the ones that are really turned me off, because I, I, I've gone down this road and I don't even know where I land. I'm trying to figure it all out myself. I do not personally believe the leaders of, this, of the nations are going to repent. I personally do not believe that the nations are going to turn and become godly. That's not what kind of outpouring I'm talking about here. I was in the shower yesterday and I was like, God... Everything I read is about perilous times. Everything I read is about, about things waxing worse and the love of many and apostasy. And I'm seeing it all around me. And God, you know I'm a glass half empty guy. You know I see the worst. And so it's really hard for me to see that there's going to be revival or something take place in the midst of it. And just something just dawned in my heart. Something just Came and leapt into my spirit. I had to think it was God. But, but he just said, what did it look like, Brad, when, I, when my spirit was poured out the first time? The nations didn't repent. The leaders didn't repent. But I poured out my spirit during that day. They were afraid of dying. They were under persecution. But I poured out my spirit and 3,000 were ushered into the kingdom of God. And 5,000 were ushered into the kingdom of God. And the church went out and began to bring people in one by one. And so, Brad, I'm going to say some people during this last hour. And through this judgment, everybody won't, Brad, but some will. Some will be, will be, will be drawn by my Spirit. Some hearts will be open. Some prodigals will come home out of the pig pen and say enough is enough. I'm coming back to God. And Joel says when this begins to happen, he said, and if not, why evangelize? Why would we even be here today? Let's just pack up. 
close the Bible, close the book and go home, harlot. If nobody else is going to get saved, if God's Spirit is going to peter out and just putter out of here, if He's not going to save anybody, then why are we going to preach the gospel? I'm here to tell you, He is going to save some souls in this last hour. Amen. And Joel says this about the outpouring. He says, it will cause our sons and daughters to prophesy. What that means is they'll begin to speak in alignment with the Word of God. Oh, dear God, I wish I would turn on some, 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 some things on social media and begin to see our sons and daughters prophesying this rather than their feelings. No, rather than their opinions. Rather than what they think in their soul and in their soulish emotions. Talking about foolish things. Oh, I guess you want this. And oh, I guess you want that. And I'm thinking, I'm glad some of you aren't my mamas. (laughs) Because if you were, you love yourself more than you love a child. My mama would have willingly given her life. And the women of that generation, they would have given their life over the life of an infant. They would have said, let me die. I want my child to live. We're so selfish now. Oh, I guess you want me to die. Are you crazy? No, we don't want you to die. But we've lost natural affection to where we're so selfish. So selfish now. So carnal about ourselves that we have no love for, for, for even, even for each other. That we would lay down our lives for each other. That we'd die for our children. We'd die for each other. We'd die for the lost out here. We would die for the people changing our laws into ways that we don't like it. We would still lay down our life and die. We'd get on a boat and go across the sea to somebody like at the end of the sphere that would take and bludgeon us and kill us in hopes that they would come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and Messiah. Where is that love in the world? I'll tell you where it is. It's in the true body of Messiah. It's not in the churches, but in the true body of Jesus Christ. Greater love at any man than this, than he would lay down his life for a friend. Amen? And Joel says, when you pour out my spirit, your sons and your daughters will begin to prophesy. They'll start living in alignment with this word. By God, pour out your spirit. Joel says, your old men will dream dreams. In other words, our, our senior population will, will wake up and they will, they will have future vision. It won't just be, well, I've served my time in the church and I'm letting y'all have it and I'm not needed anymore. No, they'll have a vision. The spirit will come upon you and you'll see again. You'll see that you're needed in the kingdom of God, that you're needed in this church, that you're needed in your children's lives. You'll see a way forward. You'll begin to get on your knees and pray and prophesy, and you'll begin to see visions and dreams and a future and new visions for the future, new visions for this church, new visions for your grandchildren, new visions for your great-grandchildren. You won't just be sitting around waiting to wonder if you're going to catch COVID and die. You will see things when the Spirit is poured out, Joel says. Oh, wake up our young people. Wake up our older people. Wake up our middle-aged people. Dear God, pour out your Spirit. And Joel says, I'll pour it out on my male servants and on my men servants. That means an outpouring that will touch every sphere of society. That means it's for rich people. 
That means it's for poor people. That means it's for educated people. That means it's for uneducated people. It means God's Spirit is going to be poured out in every place of society. Well, Brother Brad, it's too dark there. No, it's not too dark for the Spirit of Almighty God. Amen? And we only need to look at the Old Testament again with these five captive nations to see that through judgment, what God did in them. They returned. They returned. They rebuilt walls. They, 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 they rebuilt temples. They, they, they ushered in the Messiah. There were all sorts of things that began to take place. So what's my role in it then, Brad? What's my role in this? What's the church's role in it? How do we prepare? Do we, do we get AR-15s? And stockpile food? Do we get plenty of toilet paper? Because that's what we thought we had to do at the last pa- pandemic came through town. Do we buy a farm so that we can save ourselves? Folks, that's fine. Buy a farm. I'll come eat your food. I'll be glad to. But those are worldly things. And here's how God says to prepare. And a lot of you aren't going to like it because we don't like God's ways. Because it's a lot different from our ways. Look at, what jo- look at what John 21 says. He gives two words here, and here's how you prepare. Love Him. Love Him. This is how you prepare. You want to know how to prepare for what's coming? And it's going to get very chaotic. Love Him. This is, how, this is the key. Love Him. Look at the next scripture. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon Peter has disappointed God. Simon Peter has fallen. Jesus has restored Simon Peter and and said, I'll never leave you, Simon. I'll never forsake you. And here's what he says. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to him, Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. And then he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. He writes here, he asked him three times, connects two thoughts together. He says, when you're older, you're going to stretch out your hands and somebody else is going to clothe you, carry you to places you do not want to go. Peter, you need to understand something. In time, I'm going to lead you somewhere and through something that's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. And you're not going to want to be there and you're not going to want to go there. But I'm going to lead you through something that won't be easy. And Peter, right now you're not ready for it. Because he's not saying, do you love me in the way that you're thinking? Because he knows Peter loves me. But what he's saying is, is your love increasing, Peter? Is your love for me increasing? And that's what he's asking us today. Is your love increasing for me? 
Because Peter, you're, you're not ready to do what I'm asking you to do. You're not ready to go through this time. You can't go through it because you do, your love for me has not been increasing yet. Do you, you love these other things more than you love me. But, but if you will love me and get your love in the place where it needs to be to a point where it's increased beyond these other things, then you'll have no problem going through and being led to places you don't want to go and doing things that I want you to do that you don't want me to do. And that's what he's saying is is your love for me growing after everything I've done for you, Peter? After you've fallen, after I've restored you, after I've showed you I will never leave you nor forsake you. And folks here, let me tell you something. What you're seeing on your TV, it is not going to stop. We are going to see confusion. We are going to see difficult times. We are going through confusing seasons and times of uncertainty and times of utter illogical that it is utterly illogical now the things that you are going to see and here's what I want to tell you because of the chaos listen to me closely there will be vain imaginations you should write that word down because sadly in it, you're thinking yeah you're right boy those politicians yeah, you're right. Those people I'm seeing on TV, man, the, those vain imaginations, they're running crazy. Now, I got news for you. It's in this church, too. It's in the church of Jesus Christ. And that's why Jesus said, because of these vain imaginations, there's going to be a lot of false prophets. There's going to be a lot of people that get up and prophesy. You want me to give you an example of that? How many remember the crazy prophets going around after the election? And let me bust some of your bubbles. Ultimately, it wasn't stolen. I know there was mischief and then I know there was chaos. But your God allowed it to happen. For our good. For judgment. And for different things that are going on. And so, here's the thing. How many remember after the election? I know you were all on your TikToks and Twitters and you were all finding the latest new prophets out there. And what was going to happen? 50 days! Thus saith the Lord! 50 days! And Trump will be back in office. Vain imaginations. You didn't hear that? Oh, it was out there. It was out there. They were prophesying. It's been stolen. God says a few days from now, he'll be reinstored. That one will be yanked out. And, and the Supreme Court will do this. And this one will do that. Vain imaginations. And we believed it. And so be careful when you hear, I, I tell you what's coming next, by golly. This is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. And I have a prophetic word for you. And that's why false prophets are going to rise up, because of the vain imaginations. You're going to see the stock market go down. People are going to be saying, no, thus saith the Lord. He'll never let the stock market go down. Thus saith the Lord. He'll never let America fall. Thus saith the Lord. This won't happen. And I don't accept that, brother. No, no, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. A lot of times what we're rebuking is God himself. Lunacy. And now I'm watching the church right now tie itself to this idea that we can fight against this judgment the same way the world fights against it. 
with flesh and blood, with our weapons, with our arguments, with our hoarding, we'll outlast them. Then we'll take over. Jesus, you're going to overthrow Rome now, right? Come on, they get their, they get their hobnail boot on our neck. That's why you're here, right? Get them, sick them. Go ahead, we got a couple of swords. Take over Rome. They're cheating. They're stealing elections. They're doing everything ungodly. They're raping women. They're doing all kinds of stuff. And he says, that's not how I fight. He says, I fight with, through humility and I fight through submission to the will of my Father. And, and, and folks, I got news for you. You cannot fight the principalities that have been unleashed now after COVID and after 9-11 and the things that are going on this earth with the weapons of our warfare. They are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You got to pull down vain imaginations. You have got to pull down all sorts of things. You got you to get into the Word of God. You got to get the mind of God. You got to get the mind of Christ. You got to get the Spirit of God inside of you. And you've got to hear what God says and, 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 and that's why they couldn't understand the cross because they wanted to fight and they wanted to plan and they wanted to strategize and they wanted to do it their way and they wanted to prophesy the Messiah's here, the Nazarene is here he's going to kick some booty he's going to take some names, he's going to kick Rome out of there, he's going to kick Caesar out of there and Jesus says no I'm going to the cross and I'm going to die I'm submitting my will to the Father. What? Heretic. False Christ. Crazy. Lunatic. It's not going to change a thing. You're going to die. Oh yeah, wait. Oh yes, wait. It will change the world. It'll divide the calendar. They'll put me in the middle of the calendar. It'll change history. And when God raises me from the dead, it will, and then it gives me a name exalted above every other name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Just you wait. When I do it God's way, we get the last laugh. Amen. And because Jesus fought God's way in the church of Jesus Christ, we must humble ourselves to the will of the Father now and fight God's way. We must do it God's way. We must take the gospel to the four corners of the earth God's way. We must take this message of salvation and love to the ends of the earth God's way. Does that mean we don't vote? Absolutely you vote. You're in a constitutional republic. Go vote. Go vote. Pray and pick the right leader. But I'm telling you what, you do it God's way and and you will come out on top every single time. Amen? Amen? And be careful, last thing, of getting caught up and we're going to do it this way and we're going to do that. It's going to get very confusing. And the reprobation of minds now in businesses. I mean, you just saw what they did. You saw how businesses are bullying you around and persecuting you. And it's going to get worse. Telling you, you can't buy this if you think like that. You can't work here if you think like that. You can't go here and you can't do that and you can't do this. And you'll have no more vacation. They're already doing it in China. 
They already do it in Pakistan. They already do it in Syria. That's nothing to our brothers and sisters there. They've already died to themselves. They've already given up their rights. Their rights belong to God. They've submitted themselves to the will of the Father. They're in the Father's hands. And that's what the church of Jesus Christ in America has got to do. We've got to come to the place where we say, no longer my will be done, but thy will be done, God. If I had to lose my house, if I had to lose my job, if I had to lose my life, if I had to spend the rest of my life in jail, if I had to watch my children and die for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm all in Jesus. I'm all in Jesus. And I'm submitted to the will of the Father because I love you God and I love this world and I don't want to see them perish. And so he's calling us to humility and to prayer and to submission. And that is how we fight our battle. This is how we fight our battle. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Hey, open their eyes. There's more of us than there are of them. It may look like I'm surrounded, but you're an idiot. You're being humble and you're, doing, you look, you're not doing anything. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. We need clear direction. When there's vain imaginations. That's why I keep pleading and begging you. Please read a little bit of this every day. Please pray. I'm not wanting you to be religious. I could care less. If you miss a day, so what? Get up the next day and read some. Because you've got to dispel the vain imaginations. Your mind's getting cluttered with Fox and CNN and MSNBC and all Twitter and you did whatever, your little TikTok. You're, you're pummeled with this God of this world and the God of this age 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And the bad part, I can see it's working because everybody's starting to think not like this, but like that. And you don't even know it anymore. Because you got enough in the South, enough Jesus lingo to throw around. Because I got saved back in 1952. There will be vain imaginations and uncertainty all around us. And as Christians, we need and want clear direction from the Lord. It's like, don't even start getting on the bandwagon of what we do right now with this abortion issue. Start praying. Before you start tweeting and responding and doing everything in the natural and using your carnal weapons, start praying. What do I do? How do I love? How do I, how do, what do I do next, God? What's the next step? I don't want to have some vain imagination of what's happening around. Because i got news that's going to change every single day. Because you've got, you've got reprobate minds now as CEOs. And today they make a dumb choice because, because thinking they're wise, they became fools. You've got people in college now that are going to, in one day, make an idiotic decision. Just like they did with COVID. Just like they did with vaccinations. Just like they did. They're going to make stupid decisions from day to day. And all of a sudden, vain, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my job. Oh my, I got caught up in it. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to, I'm going to, all this, all these vain imaginations are going on. And then a couple days later, it's different. Listen, for you who like 10 steps and you like a step and you like your life to be controlled and know where you're going tomorrow, those days are over. Because of Romans 1. The wrath of God has been revealed against us. And it's caused all sorts of foolishness. 
And you're going to see bad Bad decisions at every turn, but God has given us his spirit and he's going to show us how to maneuver these waters and we're going to start spending time with Jesus. That's the greatest thing you can do. You say, well, my marriage is in, in jeopardy. I tell you what, you start spending time together reading the Bible. You then go apart and take 20 or 30 minutes individually and read the Bible. You start spending time with Jesus and I get news. Your marriage will get worked out. And so will your job. And so will everything else. You'll find healing because you fell in love with Jesus. Jesus is asking the church in the midst of divine judgment, do you love me more than these? And if you don't, he's saying, come and confess and I'll give you power. And I'll put the death, these other pursuits that you love more than you love me. And then I will give you a new heart, one that will love me. One that will love me. And that's what we need in this last day. I need a vessel that, that confesses to me this is the problem and that will surrender me to me. And then I will set that vessel on fire. I need somebody to confess they actually need it. And see, here's where the proud religious hearts come in. Because you're too prideful to sit there and say, my love for Jesus is not where it ought to be. And Jesus is saying, I ain't, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not upset at you. I just need somebody who's willing to confess it what it is. That there's other things. There's other loves. There's other pursuits. And your love for me is not where it needs to be. And because of that, you can't go through the difficult places that I need you to go through right now. And to do the things that I need you to go through. So God, I don't, here's the altar call. God, I don't know if my love is actually increasing. Something is robbing me. Busyness, entertainment, the job, my children, my grandchildren. All these things is, are robbing me of my love increasing. And God, I want to love you. And that's my altar call today. If your love needs to increase more for Jesus, if you need an increasing love for Jesus, he's saying to you, come and confess that to me and yield to the Holy Spirit and I will fix that. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Is your love for me increasing above all these other, love, other loves? Then feed my sheep. Take this gospel to the world. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for the word of God. We thank you for the promises of God. Lord, That's the best this feeble guy can do with just a little bag lunch. But somehow if you could take this little bag lunch and feed multitudes with it, God. Lord, I know my love is not where it needs to be with you. God, so many other things, comfort, pleasure, so many things. Ease, man, in America we fight. We want a life of ease. We want a life of ease. These things are in the way, God, of my love for you. God, please come. Please come. 
please let the Holy Spirit cause a fire to burn in me and cause me to love you. Oh, Jesus, cause the church of Jesus Christ to love you. God, I thank you that there's hope in the midst of chaos. I thank you that in the midst of judgment, God, you're bringing redemption and you're going to outpour your spirit on us. Oh, God, let our sons and daughters prophesy. Let our old men and women dream dreams. Oh, God, pour out your spirit on your men servant and your maid servants everywhere, God. Let us begin to lead people to Jesus Christ. God, we love you and we give you the praise in Jesus' name.